0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
2: Welcome to The trader a trader's podcast. My name is Matthew, and I'm a writer, reality competition TV fanatic, and a 100% faithful. Promise! The Tradar is a deep dive into every episode of the TV phenomenon that even has its own spoof now The Traitors, streaming now on BBC iPlayer and Peacock. This season of the podcast is dedicated to the UK series of the traitors and today I'll be joined by a wonderful guest co-host to dive into episode 7 of the show. First though, it's time for some traitors updates in TT News. Comic Relief's Red Nose Day special aired on BBC One on Friday the 17th of March and included a hilarious sketch dedicated to the Traitors. Comedy legend Don French, playing Claudia Winkleman, was joined by various surprise stars including Alison Hammond, Stephen Merchant, Rosie Jones, Danny Dyer and cameos from Maddie and Wealth from the UK Traitors. The 10 minute sketch was great fun and included a couple of niche references that fans of The Traitors will appreciate. I'll put the link in the show notes and of course it was all for a really worthwhile cause so please consider making a donation of any size to Comic Relief after you've watched the sketch. Reportedly the BBC are already making big plans for the next season of The Traitors. Just as shows like Strictly Come Dancing have their own companion shows for Strictly, it's It Takes Two, The Traitors will apparently have its own spin-off to interview murdered and banished players and interview celebrity guests about their thoughts on each episode. The Daily Mail, yes I'm sorry I'm resorting to this hideous publication for my news but I need to deliver, has reported that Rylan Clark and comic Judy Love are being lined up as hosts of the show. Both already appear on various BBC shows, so this doesn't seem too unrealistic. I just hope that if they're looking for traitors, fanatics and experts, they contact me ASAP. Lastly, a new Traitors related reality show to look out for. Studio Lambert, who produced The Traitors, have launched Rise and Fall, a UK based reality series where players are split up into two groups, the rulers and the grafters. Traitors and Faithfuls, anyone? Channel 4 reports that, through a series of games and challenges, those in power will be responsible for making decisions which affect those who have none, whilst those without power will have to compete to build favour with those at the top. In a unique game packed with drama, betrayal and power plays, players will have opportunities to rise and fall, from having everything to having nothing. The cash price starts at zero and only builds if challenges devised by those in power are completed by those who are not. This sounds exactly like the kind of show Traitors fans will love. And if you're in the UK, you can check it out on Channel 4 beginning on Sunday the 19th of March. It's now time to meet my co-host for this episode, who's going to deep dive into episode 7 of The Traitors UK with me. My co-host for this episode is Stephen Ripley. Stephen is a writer who lives in Seattle. His latest play, written with his writing partner Matthew Abergel, is Queer Spirits, an anthology of queer myths, legends and sacred tales from around the world. Stephen enjoys practicing yoga, qigong and dance, reading, cooking, nature walks and watching movies, hockey and theatre. His favourite streaming shows this past year were Andor with Heartstopper and The Traitors, a close second and third. Stephen, how are you doing today?
1: I'm grand. How are you doing today, Matthew?
2: I'm doing really well, thank you. So happy to talk to you. Apart from the fact that you put Traitors in your third place out of your three shows.
1: (laughs) But it was a close, close third place.
2: You did say close. So... Stephen, how did you come across the Traders? Uh, have, had you watched other versions before the UK version? What What was your introduction to it?
1: So I first heard about the Traders just through my my friend network. I started hearing about it in January. Folks just started chatting about it, and I was like, I got to watch this. And and the first version of the Traders that was that I knew of to watch was the US version. So that is the one that I watched first on Peacock streaming. Yeah. And then I watched, because they became available pretty quickly, then I watched the UK version and then the Australia version. Okay.
2: Dare I ask, do you have a favorite out of the three of them?
1: I do. And guess what? It's the UK version.
2: Oh, fantastic. You didn't have to say that, but I'll, I'll take I, that.
1: I, I, <laughs> I, I adore Claudia. Yes, She is with her. Just her, her just amazing fringe, and uh, <laughs> I'd seen her. I'd seen her on a few other like, um, like reality shows, British reality shows, a cooking show, and um, I think I saw. I think I heard her on the Off Menu podcast that uh, James A. Castor and Ed Gamble do. Yeah, so yeah. I right. was already in love with her. And then I just loved the UK cast and excellent, excellent uh,
2: stuff. Oh, fantastic. Now, Stephen, I'm going to ask you a question that I'm asking for the first time this season of the podcast because, well, I like to ask all my co-hosts about this, but all of my co-hosts so far on this season have been previous co-hosts on the first season, so I'd already asked them this. So for the first time for this season of The Trader, Mm -hmm. What is your biggest betrayal? (laughs) That could be the biggest, best, worst, funniest, most ridiculous lie you ever told. And did you get away with it?
1: Ah, yes. So um, this is very fitting for this podcast and this show because one of the very best betrayals that I have ever done, was in a game of Werewolf. Yes. Have you played it?
2: I haven't played it, but I know what it is, so I'm quite familiar with the concept.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, for those who might not know what it is, it's it's like Mafia, it's like Murder. It's the same concept as The Traitors, really, which is yeah. based on those games. So I and my friends had an epic Werewolf murder game night, we played two rounds and one of the setups for it is that you basically got the villagers and the werewolves who are like the faithful and the traders and you go through rounds and you vote people off and then the werewolves you know have their way um so in the first round and also each of the villagers and the werewolves have different sort of sub roles like you might be a mason or a baker or an alpha werewolf so in the first round i drew a baker card. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is a fun role. And they have a particular um, sort of skill that they can do. And, um, but I, I thought, I'm not going to tell everyone that I'm a baker because that's a good strategic thing to do. But everybody, when we went through the first round and I just said, oh, I'm a villager, people thought, they looked at me and they were like, you're not telling the truth. <laughs> and I, I wasn't. But it was for a good reason. But they nevertheless voted me out on the very first round. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was so indignant. Um, so the second round came around. You know, I had to wait through the whole round. Couldn't really play. Just watched. And then in the second round, I drew the werewolf card. And I was like, okay. all right, now I'm going to do this. And so there was another role in the um in the actually it was in The Villagers, called The Troublemaker. And The Troublemaker is someone who, oh, they do something about switching a card and then the whole rest of the round, they're supposed to kind of say things that are re- rather off-putting, almost like lies. Yeah. That's their role in the game. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm the werewolf, but I'm going to pretend very subtly to be The Troublemaker <laughs> and see if it works. Yeah. See if people kind of look at me like, what is he doing? Why is he saying those things? So I did that through the whole game, and full moon after full moon, I merrily ravaged villagers, <laughs> and by the end, I won the whole round. And people were just like, "What? You were the werewolf? We thought you were the troublemaker." Like, yes. So that was—I was vindicated and uh, very happy. That was a good. That was a good betrayal.
2: Yeah, you got away with it. Now, that's not good for me, though, because that makes me think you're probably going to be quite a good liar, and that is going to help us.
1: But so, then in the first, the first round of that two rounds, I was not a good liar. That's People, true. obviously, they sussed me out immediately, so I was like, hmm.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe I will catch you out then. So, time for our game, The Trader Traitor. Our goal throughout the episode, from here on in, is to tell one lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made up fact, big or small. It can't be a fake opinion, like saying the Traitors was your third most favourite show in the past year, when actually it was your number one show in the past year. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Stephen, are you ready for the Trade Our Traitor?
1: I am ready. Thank you.
2: And are you ready to talk about Episode 7 of The Traitors UK? Let's go. So Episode 7 begins with a recap of the previous episode. And the roundtable in the last episode... Uh, it was kind of a showdown between Alyssa and Wealth, and of course, at the end, Alyssa is the one who receives the most votes. Is banished, and we realise that the Faithfuls have found their first traitor. We also got a recap to uh, the recruitment process. Alex has been chosen to be recruited by the remaining traitors, Wealth and Amanda. Did you think uh, Alex was a good choice for recruitment, Stephen?
1: You know, I did. I I I watched the sort of tail end... I watched the sixth and the seventh episode sort of prepping for this and kind of heard their, their their thoughts about it. And I thought, yeah, that's a good choice. It's not the choice I would have made, but I thought she was a good choice.
2: Yeah, um, yeah I can see why they, why they went for her. We begin this episode with this possible recruitment then. So Alex receives this letter inviting her to be a traitor and she's very clearly struggling with that decision. She doesn't know whether she should do this. Is this wise? Back at Traitor's Tower then, a few moments later, Welf and Amanda are waiting to find out if the recruitment has been successful. However, Claudia arrives to tell them that Alex has rejected their offer and they're really Really gutted about this. They're pretty disappointed that Alex didn't take the bait. Yeah, and we returned to Alex in our interview. She says that she just she did not want the stress of it. She didn't want the weight of this. She didn't think she she could have kept it up. I, but I don't know what you think, Stephen. I think this was a bad decision on Alex's part. I think if you're offered the chance to be a traitor, even just statistically, and I've spoken a lot about this on the podcast that sort of mathematically, there there's uh, an advantage in being a traitor. I think you ought to just take that opportunity. what What did you think about Alex rejecting it?
1: I agree with you. um i um I suspect I, i'm not I'm not sure, obviously because I'm not her, but maybe she was feeling a little worn out what with everything that happened with Tom and you know stuff like that. but Um, yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, they really like, they gave her like, what did they say? Because you're strong and assertive and charismatic, like the best trader (laughs) form letter ever as an invitation. And, um, but she just was like, nope, didn't, I don't want to do it. And yet, but then look what happened to her during the day. She was so kind of eaten up about it. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. Which is kind of. Kind of ironic that she didn't want to be a traitor because she thought it would cause her so much anxiety. She ends up feeling really anxious and overwhelmed anyway because of what's happened. I think you're right. Maybe it's it's the timing of it. Maybe because of what had just happened with Tom and all eyes on her and all of these suspicions. Maybe if they would tried to recruit her much earlier or later on, she she might have had a different a different uh, response. Who knows?
1: Yeah, but it's so interesting because their logic of doing it, I think, was entirely correct. Um, It was just timing.
2: you know.
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: So Claudia then tells the traitors that there'll be no murder tonight. So the traitors realize, right, they're going to have to act really well tomorrow at breakfast. They're going to have to pretend that they think there's going to be a murder when they know that there won't be. Awkward. (laughs) Very awkward. (laughs) So Breakfast the next morning. Faye arrives. Faye says she's totally thrown off after Alyssa's murder because she was sure that Alyssa was a faithful. Maddie says the same. Maddie says that Alyssa could have shot me in the face and I wouldn't have known it was her. Something completely. Of the best in the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Amanda then arrives at breakfast as well. She shows off the shield and we find out that she is the one who had found it in the armory. Wealth talks in his interview at this point, he talks about, you know, the layers of lying that are involved. He compares it to a trifle, how British of him, and says, <laughs> there are there are all these layers of lying, it's just getting so difficult now. That's kind of a running theme throughout this episode that we'll probably come back to, this this idea of pressure increasing. We're, we're kind of halfway through this series now, so the pressure is really building in lots of different ways. Uh, Ryan walks in for breakfast and my immediate thought is why is he wearing a suit? (laughs) It's it's a strange strange choice. He was really dressed up for breakfast. Alex and Amos both walk in together at the end and everybody realises that there has been no murder. Everybody's arrived. Everyone's back for breakfast. They also then immediately realise well, Aaron picks up very quickly and says, oh, this means that Amanda, they tried to kill Amanda last night, but she had the shield. She was protected. That's why there was no, that, that's why everybody's back. And then someone else suggests very quickly, oh, or or there's been a recruitment, uh, which means again, they, they must have been told about this by production at the beginning of, you know, filming that recruitment was a thing that would happen at some point because they immediately jump on this today and they say oh someone someone's been recruited they're they're half right someone was almost recruited and it didn't quite work out so they're kind of they're kind of on the right lines um interesting
1: too because i seem to recall in other conversations that sometimes people are not quite sure how many traders there are supposed to be yeah. and and yet they know it's a possibility yeah once a trader's been voted off that so it's interesting it's interesting gameplay
2: they, i think what they're told is that there will be between three and five traitors they, they know that there are at least three so that's that's all they've got to really guide them from then on in uh alex decides not to tell everybody else about her attempted recruitment last night because she thinks that they might not believe her and what's so funny about this is it really reminds me of the u.s traitors which you've obviously seen it reminds me of a uh, this this is I don't think this is a spoiler for anyone listening who's not seen the U.S. traitors. This reminds me very much of Christian, uh, <laughs> who decides to to make up this very strange lie one day at breakfast, and it just doesn't go down well. Yeah, that so, works Alex, out so
1: well for him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so it's maybe quite clever of Alex to think maybe I shouldn't say this to everybody because they might not believe me. However, but th- but at the same time, I sort of thought, well, no one was murdered, so. Probably everybody would believe you. I think if Alex said, "Oh, here is the reason why," they probably I think that would have credibility. I don't I don't know if she needs to be too worried about them not believing her. But hey.
1: I agree. And I think as we'll see, I think she plays it out in a very intelligent way over the course of the day.
2: Yes. Yes. You know, so
1: she makes the right she certainly doesn't uh confide in the wrong person.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> So we have some discussions then moving around the house. What? What? Again, uh, much like Wolf's analogy of the trifle, the, there's this like incredibly British scene outside where they're like playing croquet in the garden and throwing a tennis ball around. Um, it's it's quite sweet. <laughs> it makes. We're chatting, me... up,
1: we're chatting up thoughts about who might be a traitor and throwing the ball around. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's, it's very sort of British summer holiday. Maddie then, uh, self-coined Maddie Marple. I didn't realise that she, she used that phrase herself. I thought this was something that people had created on social media afterwards, but she says it in her interview. She calls herself Maddie Marple. She's still focusing on Aaron, Will and Meryl, and she wants to find out if one of them is a traitor before she's willing to give that up and move on. She's not letting go quite yet. And this is also the moment in the episode where Maddie delivers her classic line, which has now become you know, uh, very much associated with her in memes and on social media. She tells us that she played Rita, a homeless woman in EastEnders, and she played a, someone with no woman casualty, uh, which she's now become infamous for.
1: And guess what? Just this morning, because I am that nerd, I found, <laughs> some, I found some video... From like <laughs> yesterday's comic relief, yes, and she shows up on that, and she's
2: joking about this. Yeah, yeah, she um, she does. It really made me laugh. Does too. It's really funny. Is Stephen is is EastEnders a thing? I mean, do, in in the states, do you know what it you is?
1: You know what? I know about it. I hear people talking about it all the time. I could watch it. Yeah, but you know what? Because it's on like I think Amazon Prime or some of the seasons are, but it's one of those shows where it's like, oh my gosh, there are so many episodes of this. <laughs> yeah. Where would I start? Is there a highlight reel? It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. So I know of it, but I've never watched it.
2: Yeah. I think trying to trying to catch up on EastEnders is a pointless task. It's been run, running since the eighties every mm-hmm. week forever. There's I think if you decided you wanted to watch Eastenders, you would just have to jump in and see what happened. There, there's yep. no catching up.
1: I mean, I'm already, you know, I've already tried catching up on Doctor Who episodes. That's quite <laughs> yeah. enough.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> At least that comes in series that are sort of neatly packaged, so you you could pick up somewhere. Yeah. Maddy and Theo also start to talk about Andrea, and they sort of have a little chat and wonder, what if Andrea is the traitor? We all think she's so nice and quiet. And they pick up on the fact that last time she suggested at the round table that she she thought a traitor had to be a sort of young person, which I, I didn't really understand at the time, but they're wondering, did she throw that theory out there as a distraction because she's not necessarily a younger person? So, So, you know, she's... Andrea's on their trader right now. Amos then says this funny thing. He says, I I won't vote for for Andrea no matter what, because him and Andrea are really close. And I I just think you can't do this in this game. You can't. It doesn't matter how close you are to people who you've become best friends with. And we've seen this in the US traders, how damaging that can be. Doesn't matter who you think your friends are, you can't trust anyone. And you certainly can't pick someone and say, I am never going to vote for that person. I mean, he's right. I mean, we know that Andrea is faithful as viewers, so it's fine. But yeah, it's, it's a risky it's a risky strategy to adopt to decide on people that you just think, I'm, I'm never, ever going to put their name down. What, what, do, what do you true. think of that, Stephen?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true. And it's interesting, too, because I mean, I could see like... It seems like Amos and Andrea are kind of besties. Yeah. So they've got that close connection. Um, and, I, you know, I, I found this all very interesting too because um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but if I had been going to invite someone to be a trader, I would have invited Andrea. Yeah. Um, just because I thought, I, I, you know, my logic would be Oh, she's going to be like another sort of amazing super mom like Amanda is. You can kind of go under the radar. So I was watching all this with those sort of thoughts in the back of my head and going, this is really interesting because now people are, you know, they're they're kind of suspecting her. But then some people are very like, you know, they're just like, no, it couldn't be. Couldn't be Andrea (laughs) years. So it's cool. Um, It's all getting out there
2: yeah i thought the exact same thing last episode that andrea would be an ideal candidate for recruitment ryan also suspects that he's going to have to defend himself tonight it's funny that we you notice this in episodes during the day people start to get inclinations that their name is going to come up at the round table and they're they're mentally preparing to defend themselves already so that's what's happening to ryan here Mm I mean, and at the last round table, he did receive two votes, so it makes sense for him to be worried at this point. And this is also the point in the episode where Alex decides to tell Amos about her attempted recruitment last night, because everybody they, they all trust Amos almost instinctively, even though he's not been there that long, because, you know, we saw him leave in the first episode, we thought he was never coming back, then he returned in the church mission, so he's not been around as long as everybody else, but they all, they all absolutely trust him. And she decides he's the person to tell. Why do you think they trust Amos so much?
1: Well, it's very interesting because I think because he did return. But I, you know, it's so interesting is that one thing that no one ever says is what if one of those people returned as a traitor? Yeah, no one even considers that, and it could well have happened. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well. But I, but I think that they, they just think this is a newcomer. They have to be a faithful. Everyone starts as a faithful, right? And that's the logic. Um yeah. And plus, he's a
2: doctor. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a big part of it. They think, oh, doctor, trustworthy. Yeah. So we move on to the mission, and the mission for this episode is this the barrel mission. And mm-hmm. they gather outside the house. Claudia tells them they have to get. A bunch of barrels, plus some armoury barrels, all the way through fields and obstacles and rivers and bridges to a distillery away in the distance. They begin with one big huge barrel worth £750, but Claudia tells them there are 15 along the way, and collectively all of the barrels are worth £10,000. My idea, which I've suggested on a previous podcast, <laughs> is to not bother with the first few barrels. Maybe I have the advantage of watching it as a viewer and talking in hindsight. Maybe I wouldn't think of this in the moment, but that's that's my theory and I'm sticking to it. That Don't bother pushing the first two or three barrels, walk halfway if there's going to be 15 barrels, and then start picking them up and putting in physical effort. That's that's my theory and I'm sticking to it.
1: Well, I'm sure that from the US traders, Kate would totally agree with you. <laughs> he would agree with you and then some. But...
2: <laughs> Who would have thought I'd have something in common with Kate? <laughs> <laughs> I also have there's a, another theory that I, I'd like to clear up at this point. Well, it's a previous theory that I had. When I, again, this is not a spoiler, I'm not really giving anything away. In the first season of the podcast, when I was talking about the U.S. traitors, when it got to this mission, I was confused because I didn't understand why they didn't use the little boat to cross the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, they show a shot of the boat, and but then everybody just wades through the river. However, it's only watching this again, I realise, oh, well, Meryl says... The boat was just for her and Andrea because they couldn't really contend with the river. It was too difficult. So that's why the boat was there. So I, th- I think the US traders episode just sort of used maybe like a stock, you know, bit of footage or used a little shot from UK filming or something and showed the boat. But they were probably told, don't use the boat, just just walk through the river. So, so yeah. it's, it, it all makes sense now, I guess. That's why the boat was there.
1: And I couldn't quite remember, but it seemed to me that the UK version had a lot more at the river than the US version did. We had a lot more of, you know, Aaron telling everybody, well, this is how you do it when you're standing in the river. And yeah. um, the whole thing with Andrea and Merrill crossing and everyone had the guide ropes. Um, I have a note here that it reminds me of the scene in The Hobbit when the dwarves <laughs> and were trying to cross the Enchanted River. In the forest. Yeah. Like, this really. This is really cute. Yeah. You know, very
2: such, much like that. Um, it's very <laughs> super teamwork. It's really lovely to watch. You know. It is nice to watch. They, the 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 players talk a lot about this idea of teamwork in this particular mission. What's nice is you know compared to some of the other missions, when they're split into separate groups, which I I, I don't really understand. Uh, Mm -hmm. here they're just all one big team so it's a a nice bit of team building the barrels just keep getting bigger and bigger the further they walk Mm -hmm. again, ditch that first one it's pointless, go just walk till the end and get some of the bigger ones maybe maybe they didn't anticipate that there's this lovely, lovely moment here with my angel Andrea, she talks in her interview and she talks about who she's just loving being here she loves being in a team and she says that at home she lives on her own and it's it's so sad she says her partner of 26 years died and i just at this i just thought as if i couldn't love andrea anymore she's also like an lgbt queen give her a podcast give her a show give her all the money i just thought it was such a a really sweet endearing moment it was it was really nice to see
1: Yep. My note at this point is Andrea is the
2: goat. (laughs) She is.
1: The total goat of this episode. She's the goat of my life. I love her.
2: Me too. Bring her back for the next season.
1: Absolutely.
2: It's really physically demanding. Like, this isn't, they're not kidding around. They are sweating. They're panting. They're stopping to take breaks. Even Amos, and Amos looks like so sort of buff and obviously works out very, very, very handsome. Check out his Instagram. (laughs) Even he says the final hill is just a nightmare. He says it's, and if Amos is saying that, you think, oh, this must be really, really difficult. Some of the players, like Faye, Hannah, a couple of the others, they suggest along the way why don't they just ditch the armory barrels they think that th- they shouldn't waste time with it and alex becomes a little bit suspicious of that because she mm-hmm. sort of thinks that's what a traitor might say a traitor would want us to not get any shields uh, what what would you do Steve? do you th- what do you think should you should you ditch the armory barrels and just go for the money or are the armory barrels worthwhile if you were a player what would you want to do
1: uh, if i was a player I would want to try and get as much as we could. Um, And that is why I would even go back and say, hey, that first barrel at the very start, let's just push it down the hill. Let's kind of build our muscle memory up. Let's just get everything we can. And I think in the end, they kind of do. So, you know, it was funny because like, she brings this whole thing up of, I'm on the watch for people who are, look like they don't want the armory barrels. But then she just kind of lets it go. And then they get the army, armory about barrels in the end. So the whole thing, I mean, they just, you know, they argued about it. But then in the end, they got as much as they could. And they got, like, two of the biggest barrels. I think they made, like, I don't know, over 8,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, They did a great job. Um, so in the end, it was all about teamwork.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. That discussion sort of didn't really come to anything, did it? The final push up to the distillery just looks so gruelling again. They're, they're, when Claudia's sort of trying to talk to them and gather them around, they're just lying on the ground. <laughs> uh, and Andrea even looks, she gets a bit upset because it was so difficult. So apparently they finish this mission with two minutes and nine seconds remaining. I'm going to go into conspiracy theory mode again and <laughs> suggest that maybe Maybe the timers are fake. I don't know if they are or not. It's just a suggestion because I think they've put in so much effort, it would be really bad TV to then not let them win. That's my theory, that it would just make terrible TV. So maybe the producers just think, do you know what, we don't care how long it took them, just let them get all these stupid barrels (laughs) and we'll pretend they had two minutes.
1: I quite agree with you. And I'm sure there was lots of editing magic. Um, They may have gotten some of those barrels over the finish line at nine minutes until, you know, and they just put it all together
2: and they throw it in. It's all good. It's good TV. It It is. So at the end of this all, whether or not it's real... They, like you said, they raise over £8,000. They have £8,400, which means the total prize fund at this point is £65,100, plus they got three Armoury barrels. And they decide on Andrea, Faye, and Theo to have these passes for the Armoury. It's not very clear why they choose them, and I'm not sure why they chose them. Why do you think they chose them? I had no idea.
1: (laughs) They they all seemed... I think we missed some conversation because they all seemed very clear about it. Everybody was like, oh yeah, Theo should have one. And it's like, I mean, sure, why not? But we didn't really find out why.
2: Yeah. I think Um, their theory, they must have chosen them because it suggests that the other players all think these three are very likely to be faithful. It suggests that these are the three mm -hmm. most trustworthy people who would be likely to need them therefore they don't think these three are traitors. But again, yeah, it doesn't. we don't really see those discussions. It's very, very quick.
1: Yeah, and at least that's how they feel today, because tomorrow could be a whole different story. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> Everything changes uh, day to day in this show. <laughs> so in the jeeps on the way back to the castle, the discussions seem to centre around the idea that at this point nobody knows who to trust. Everyone just seems at a bit of a loss. It seems like... There is general confusion amongst the contestants. Faye does bring up one thing, though, and she's right. She says, well, remember, no one was murdered last night. If no one was murdered, something happened. There must be some reason. And we know, yes, it's because the traitors tried to recruit someone. And mm-hmm. this is, I, I should have, I Faye is going to be a guest on the podcast. Uh, if you've been on social media for The Trader, awesome. you'll have seen that. I recorded that with Faye yesterday, but it'll appear on a. Uh, will will that will be on the podcast a little later on in the season? But I, I get I didn't ask Faye about this. I missed my opportunity. So it's one the of arc. the pieces of logic presented in this episode. It's like, yeah, exactly. You know. Yes, and so. they they will find out the truth uh, fairly soon. And in the armory, Faye wins the shield, and I did ask her about this, and they all agree to do this thing that they've done so far, which is that they won't reveal who will found the shield. They'll just agree as a team to not say anything, which gives them this sort of group immunity. And Mm -hmm. as I've suggested a few times, this is great for the players, but it's kind of a missed opportunity for the TV show. I think the producers... Probably don't like that the players do this, and I think that probably moving on in future seasons they'll change how the armoury works. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that, Stephen?
1: Um. Yeah. I. I. I think that you're right. I think they will change it, and I wonder. Um, you've seen the Australian version. Yes. You know, in the Australian version, I don't think this is a spoiler. They the shield. Um, how you earn a shield is a separate challenge yeah. from how they earn money. So there's no hiding who wins it. Yeah, And I think that, and it's also a little different because you win it and then it protects you from both murder and banishment. Yeah. So it's a very different dynamic and I wonder if they'll adopt it um, yeah. with, or something like it.
2: I that's, that's I would predict that. I, th- I think that's probably likely to happen. Before the roundtable, there are some more discussions in the episode. Again, no one really seems to know what's going on. Most people say they don't know who they're going to vote for. That might not be true. They might just be saying that, and actually they're all thinking, I'm going to vote for Ryan tonight. But the the discussions suggest that they're all a bit confused. Ryan does start to kind of break down a bit. Mm-hmm. He, he and Faye have a bit of a conflict. Faye is saying to him, you know, I'm a, I'm a 100% faithful. I'm going to look you right in the eye and tell you this. And she accuses Ryan of not portraying that confidence. She says, I don't know if I believe you. And he's really panicking at this point. Uh, I, <laughs> I said this last week. Um, I didn't say it to Faye when I spoke to her, but... Faye is is the Quentin of the UK traitors. She's she's always wrong, I think. She doesn't really ever get it right. Uh and, and this is a classic example of that.
1: Yeah, I, and you know, she was really I mean, he was very triggered. Yeah. Um you could tell he was really struggling. Um I listened to another podcast that Wilf did, um, where he talked about how they have psychological psychological therapists back you know sort of behind the scenes on the show and if you need to grab one they take you off to a room and you can chat with them and kind of get over and i was watching this part going boy ryan really looks like he needs to grab a therapist right now because he's he's really having a hard time um working through all of this yeah it's raising a lot of issues for him and i'm sure that was part of why he was struggling To get across what he wanted to get across, because he's a faithful.
2: Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, it must be so infuriating when you're a faithful, you're being accused, and you can't really prove you're a faithful other than you know through. you, You can only try to convey passion and can you know convey your conviction, but there's there's not really anything you can actually provide that's empirical evidence, <laughs> you know, all, all you've got to go on is your words and whether or not people believe the way you're speaking. and, and So, you know, it must be, it must be really tough.
1: Yeah. And it felt like that was kind of a main theme of the round table tonight. Yeah. That was coming up a lot for a lot of people.
2: Yeah. So at the round table, it's Alex who gets things going. She begins by telling everybody I was recruited or I, you know the traitors tried to recruit me last night, and she says that she wanted to wait until now so that she could gauge people's reactions. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or not, but she she does tell them and then look around the table. It must be, it must be really awkward uh, <laughs> to just have Alex scanning you <laughs> to, to 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 you know test how you're how you're responding to this. Uh, and Wealth suggests, well, this confirms she's a faithful. And they all seem to go along with that. They all think, okay, um, if I, that, that this makes sense, she must be telling the truth because no one was murdered. Mm-hmm. She, she could, she could still be lying. She could be a really great actress and she's made this up and she is a traitor. But, uh, but you know, t- again, because nobody was murdered last night, yeah, they all think, oh, it makes sense. This is what's going on. So it kind of does. Almost prove that she's a faithful, I guess.
1: I think also this was at this moment, I was like applauding Amanda and Wilf. They had the <laughs> reaction. Amanda's all like, oh, the bloody cheek. And Wilf's all like, You're a faithful. And it's like, well played, you two.
2: Yeah, yeah. They do, a, they do a good job here. And and you're right. you know, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Wilf gets no votes tonight. Um, you know, in last week he had several and he almost went home. so you know yeah, they, they're, they're doing well, throwing everybody off the scent. There's then this really awkward uncomfortable moment because Amos very unexpectedly, and I still don't quite understand this, he points the finger at Andrea and says, you know Andrea, not you've not come under suspicion yet. I'm wondering now maybe you're a traitor. I've just written in capital letters what? with like several question marks, firstly because, like you said, they're kind of besties. And he said earlier in the episode he would never vote for Andrea. So I don't I don't know where this suddenly comes from. It, 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 his, his reason is that there's a disconnect between her actually being really good in the challenges, yet talking about her age and saying that her age is a barrier for certain things. So he's, he's kind of casting doubt on that. And it's awful because poor Andrea immediately gets really upset. I think as soon as Amos said that and Andrea started crying, he probably thought, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I think he probably immediately regrets it. Where do you think this comes from? Why does Amos do this?
1: I too, I had actually written down here, (laughs) WTF? What is happening? Because this is 180 from what he said earlier in the episode. Um, and I wondered, I thought, well, maybe what he's doing is he's he's like – he thinks to himself, if I throw for a moment my very best friend under the bus, it will show people that I'm sort of open-minded about trying to find a traitor. You know, yeah. we kind of have to – because I think he even says something like, we have to try everything. Um, maybe that was – Why he did it? He immediately regretted it. Yeah, I mean, um, it got very emotional, and then they were holding hands, and it was like, and they were hugging later, and
2: yeah, um,
1: it was kind of an exhausting moment.
2: Um, Yeah, I, I I agree with you. That's all I could come up with. Maybe. Maybe he was sort of presenting Andrea with a chance to clear her name, even though she wasn't under any doubt, or maybe because earlier on he had said, I'll never ever vote for Andrea. He suddenly thought, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Maybe I have to now give the impression that, yeah, I'm willing to put anyone under the spotlight, so I'll do it right now to make myself look good. But yeah, I just don't think it really (laughs) worked or that he needed to do that. Next Agreed. in the Yeah. Next in the discussion, Maddy and Ryan seem to come up and they, they, they seem to be like the, the two main people under suspicion as the conversation goes forward. Ryan again is is desperately defending himself. He really starts to panic. He says that, well, so far I, I haven't been going along with the crowd. Every round table I voted for people who others weren't voting, you know, like he said, when everybody voted for Ivan, I didn't vote for Ivan and Ivan was a faithful and you shouldn't have voted for him. So he's trying to think of all these different ways to prove why he's a faithful. And it it, it just, it doesn't work. And you know, I I spoke to Ivan in a previous episode and in my interview with Ivan, Ivan said, defending yourself and the traitors doesn't work. If you're under suspicion, the way to get out of it is to throw the blame on someone else. And it's really horrible and callous, but maybe Ivan was right. And I guess Ryan doesn't, doesn't do that. He, he he defends himself desperately, but doesn't suggest anyone else. And, and maybe that doesn't go in his favour. Amos then asks Amanda, because he says, Amanda, everybody trusts you. You're trustworthy. If it's not Ryan, who do you think it is? And I think Amanda actually feels a bit put on the spot there. And she says, well... Maybe Merrill, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure about Merrill, maybe Andrea. And this is actually genius of Amanda because it, it throws the attention away from her very quickly and it re-sparks the Merrill versus Maddie conflict. And and Meryl, Meryl and Maddie just start going at one another again.
1: And Aaron gets a few licks in too. It just kind of kind of blows, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It becomes really really intense. Meryl is is getting actually quite upset about it. Aaron just looks so frustrated. He's so annoyed with Maddie saying, stop going on about me all the time. And now you're doing it to Meryl. God, you're just exhausting.
1: Everybody Uh, gets very grumpy at this point. It's just like, ah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the voting begins. And as all the scores add up, we end up with Aaron with two votes, Maddie with three. Ryan has seven Meryl has won. Maddie, gets really upset during the voting, and I think it's the first time I've seen her upset like this. You know, really crying because people are accusing her, and you know she's obviously a faithful. Um, she voted for Meryl tonight rather than well for Aaron. Uh, possibly, I wondered if that was kind of to appease everybody a little bit because you know, because Aaron had just said to her, God, stop going on at me all the time. Stop accusing me. And Wilf is always saying the same thing. Stop talking about me. Why are you always going after me? Maddy's kind of shifted a little bit and thought, well, tonight I'll, I'll go for Meryl instead. Maybe that'll make me look better. And in the end, it doesn't matter. Ryan has seven votes. And it just I feel so bad watching him because he looks so dejected. He just looks so resigned to his fate. Poor Ryan. And, of course, he has to stand up and reveal very emotionally that he's a faithful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was very like the vote itself, uh, kind of the lead up to it, the vote itself. Everyone seemed very deflated. Yeah. Even as they, you know, they'd started the day so like, yeah, we got a traitor. And then by now they're like, uh, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know who, to-. even when they said, I'm voting for you, Ryan they'd be all like people were like hiding their faces and you know they were at a loss yeah um, so it was emotional
2: yeah. yeah morale has really sunk again after the round table we hear some of their discussions around the house again amos is is really worried about what he did about how he accused andrea and some of the others are trying to reassure him and, and by the looks of it there's then not really any bad blood between them so actually it, it doesn't seem to matter yeah. maddie's still quite upset she said you know she leaves the round table saying i don't even want to play this game anymore this is getting horrible and several players bring up something that we referenced earlier they they all talk about how the fewer people there are the more difficult this is becoming now again we're we're halfway through the season it's just getting worse and worse they're, they're all becoming closer to one another so picking people to vote for is just becoming so much more difficult and it but it's what makes great viewing in a really cold-hearted way this is what the, the audience is becoming more familiar with them as well so it's it's more interesting for us to see who they're going to accuse and who they're going to wrongly accuse and it's fascinating for us to see people turn on one another and turn on their friendships. You know, it's, it's horrible and it's cruel, but it's great TV.
1: (laughs) And you know what? This was a hard day for the faithfuls. This was a great day for the traders.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think Amanda and Wilf were really like, they were playing it today. And, uh, and, uh, by the end of the day, everybody was just like, Oh, Oh my days. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, it's getting so, tough. And you know what else? I I just wanted to sort of throw in the music on this show is great. Yeah. Like I noticed it at this point. There was a transition into Midnight. And I looked it up online. This fellow who is the composer, his name's Sam Watts. Yeah. And he's done like music for Planet Earth and Doctor Who. And it's like, wow, it's like he's he did the main theme and all the music for the show. He's really nailing
2: it. Yeah. I Sam is going to be a guest on the podcast. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. I interviewed Sam a few days back and we talked Dang all it. about the score and the compositions. Uh so Sam will appear uh in a in a couple of episodes time. Uh he was he was lovely, great to talk to. We talked all about the music, uh and his involvement in the show so we, we had a great conversation so you'll I, I hope you'll you'll enjoy what we talked about i'm sure i will so for the end of the episode we move to traitor's tower the traitors themselves acknowledge it's getting difficult but they also affirm do you know what it's a game we can't we can't let our friendships get to us it's not personal we're going to keep going we're doing really well so far amanda also very, very callously suggests, do you know what we need to do? We have to get the faithfuls to hate one another. So she, she's, she's so, she's
1: so like brainy at this point. She's like, this is mastermind. We just have to do it. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. So Machia- Machiavellian, we need to get them to turn against one another. Uh, and they have this decision to face. Are they going to murder someone or are they going to recruit someone it's funny because at this point i i hadn't thought that that would be an option every time now i thought that was just an option at, right after Alyssa was banished i didn't realize that now every night from now on they, they had this possibility which is really interesting
1: yeah i was surprised as well i didn't know that they could do that
2: yeah um, but that was an option but they decide but you know what we tried to recruit last night and it didn't work let's just murder another player tonight. And they, they really only seem to come up with two options, or at least in the editing, we're only given two people that they talk about. And it's either Amos or Alex they're going to go for. They think that Amos is, you know, he's a, he's a natural leader, everybody likes him, but also that he's too clever. And they, they think if anyone's going to catch us out, it'll be Amos, so he's dangerous to have around. And then there's Alex while she rejected the recruitment and everyone now sorts of everyone realizes that she's probably a faithful so that's not good for the traitors because it means that she won't be banished so the only way to get her out of the game now is to murder her so that's what we're left contending with do you is there are there any other players steven you think they should be looking at
1: I mean, they also had to consider the fact that we've got to get rid of Amos because he's just too hot (laughs) Well, we had the body lotion shots of him and it's just like, okay yes, thank you he's too
2: too good looking, too distracting get rid of him (laughs) and with those um, shots of Amos in his bedroom looking very handsome and dashing we end the episode there So, Stephen, overall thoughts on Episode 7 of The Traitors. What was your response?
1: Um, this was a banger episode. Um, I um, It went through a lot of, like, sort of um, peaks and valleys for the players, of yeah. their emotions. And as I said earlier, you know, it, it ended up being uh, a really difficult, challenging day for the Faithfuls. And through some very good gameplay, a very good day for the Traders. Um, You could really see Amanda and Wilf. They sort of set their goals at the beginning or the midnight before, I guess, and then kind of played through the day. Um, And nobody had any real gaffes, and they just sort of dealt with the situations as they came up. Um, And so that was really fun to watch. And um, also, I must say... The barrel challenge is absolutely my favorite challenge. It's <laughs> a um, good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. So
2: there were a, a couple of times uh, in this episode. I, I made jokes about you know how how British some of it was. You mentioned at the start of our discussion that you really liked the UK version. You preferred it out of the three that you've seen. I wonder maybe what what do you think it is that why why do you why did you like the UK version of the show so much?
1: Well, I am a UK fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a UK stan. <laughs> uh, so that's part of it. Um, and um, I really, you know, because I had watched the US version first, and then I watched the UK version, I kind of got to compare them. And one of the things I really liked about it is I, I actually liked a group of people who I didn't know any of them. And yeah. there was no Bravo. There was no reality TV layer. I just enjoyed getting to know everyone kind of revealed bit by bit. Um, and um, I think that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about the UK traders. Yeah. Um, and I liked all the people. I just grew very fond of them. Yeah. I think so.
2: that's, that's sort of a, a common thing I've heard people saying that they like. That they were all sort of newcomers they weren't faces that we know and therefore they're kind of all in the same level they're all starting the game from the same place Mm -hmm. and it's funny because even though it's obviously a program called the traitors and it's all about backstabbing and we love that as viewers we love all the secrets and we love the lies and the deceptions alongside that there's still a sense of community about them all they still seem to genuinely be friends and i'm not going to spoil anything about what happens as the season goes on but you know if you if you follow any of them on social media they're all ha- still hanging out they're spending time with one another they're they're they going to events together yeah, yeah i mean they do the thing yep yeah it's, it's nice to see that it is so speaking of betrayal and deception we have been playing a game, and we're not quite at the end of it yet, so we're working towards our own banishment, our own round table. Before we get there, Stephen, maybe you could tell us where could we find you online, and is there anything we should check out? Is there anything you want us to know about?
1: Sure. I uh, Online you can find me uh, at Stephen Scott Ripley on Instagram. and. Um, one thing that I wanted to let you know about was that I work with a friend of mine who's a, a a dance, movement, and Qigong teacher, and we have online classes that we're beginning next weekend. So on Saturday, we will have a Qigong class, a 10-week session, and then uh, on Sunday, we will have our dance and movement class. And this is dance and movement for anyone. It's, you know... Um, and so that starts on Sunday. So if you are interested, and everyone's welcome to check it out, you can go to Elia Marak, E L I A M R A K dot com. And that's the name of uh, my friend Elia, who's the teacher. And that'll lead you straight into how to sign up for the classes. Okay. So thank
2: you. And that's the 25th and 26th of March. Yep. Okay, fantastic. Now we've been playing a game. We've been playing the Trader Traitor. Ooh. Ah. I managed to tell you a lie, Stephen, Did you tell me a lie at some point? I did. Okay. I I'm going to try and guess your lie, although I have to say I am stumped. I sometimes during the episode I forget about the trader-traitor, and I get to the end and I think, oh god, I, I wasn't paying attention, what were they lying about? All the way through this discussion, I was actively thinking, when's he going to tell a lie, what's he lying about? And I still couldn't come up with anything. There is one thing you said that I wrote down, so I'm going to have to guess this, although I don't think it's right. You mentioned, less, unless, unless everything you just told us about the classes next weekend was a complete lie, but I don't think it is. <laughs> you mentioned you listened to Wolf on a podcast. Is that a lie?
1: No, actually that was the truth. He <laughs> was on a podcast called The Stress Sessions. And uh yeah, it was it's a great you should listen to it. Um so that was the truth.
2: Oh yeah. I um you got you've got it right. And in that case, what was your lie?
1: I I just threw it in um, with apology to Sam Watts. He did not do the music for Doctor Who. He did the music for the Sarah Jane Adventures. You know, I should have known that because I spoke to Sam. I thought you were going to get me because you mentioned that. And I was like,
2: "Okay." I knew he'd done the Sarah Jane Adventures music. I was just so excited that you'd mentioned Sam that I was thinking, oh, I I need to explain that I spoke to Sam. I then didn't hear you mention Doctor Who or pay attention to it. Oh, I let my own excitement get to me. It was
1: a little one, too. I kind of slipped (laughs) it in.
2: (laughs) Oh. Stephen, any idea what I may have betrayed you about? What did I lie about?
1: I have absolutely no idea what you lied about.
2: (laughs) Not not a clue. Not a Scooby-Doo. Okay. Shall I reveal? I snuck a lie in the middle of something that was true. Uh, it was about Faye, I said that I, Faye is going to be on a future episode of the podcast, which is absolutely true. However, I said that I have already recorded it and I interviewed her last night. That's not true.
1: Oh.
2: I, I haven't spoken to Faye yet. We're going to be speaking next weekend. So
1: I had this whole image of you like, wow, Matthew's been so busy. He talked to, <laughs> him, he talked to Faye, he talked to Amanda earlier, he talked to everyone. Is yeah. there no one matthew doesn't talk to
2: <laughs> <laughs> no phase f- f- next weekend i did speak to sam though a, f- a few days ago so when wow. that came up i thought you would think that was what i was lying about but it, it was just a coincidence I, it's true and i really did speak to sam so and of course
1: at that point i was all like oh he talked to sam he's gonna catch me out <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a tangled web <laughs> Stephen, thank you so, so much for joining me today on The Trader. I hope you've had a good time. I have. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I will talk to you soon. It's been great. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, Trader listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Stephen and I. You should go give him a follow on Instagram and check out the Dance and Qigong online classes he told us about. I'll post the link in the show notes. A reminder that you still have time to send me your questions for Faye from the UK show. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at The Trade Pod or Instagram at The Podcast or you can email the Trade Podcast at gmail.com. It would also be great if you could subscribe, follow the podcast on the platform you're using, and even better, please leave a review five stars, obviously. The more reviews and subscribers, more easily other fans of the traitors will be able to find the podcast we're just over halfway into the podcast season now and i have new guests lined up for every remaining episode going ahead including composer sam watts and of course contestant Faye, plus other guest co-hosts it's going to be a great ride to the finale until next episode stay faithful <laughs>